Welcome to the Condo Vultures Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. This is the Condo Market Analysis. This is a podcast that I do every Monday, basically take a look at a uh, particular market located within the Tri-County area. It's a statistical deep dive as to what's going on. What are the market trends? What are the conditions? And uh, what's the likelihood that you might be able to pull off a deal in that particular niche in the South Florida marketplace? So for this particular podcast, what are we going to focus on? We're going to focus on condo hotels. What are condo hotels? They're effectively... um, um, properties that an investor can purchase and ultimately throw it into a home sharing service such as Airbnb. Airbnb. So Airbnb types of properties are sort of attractive to local investors. Why? Because the possibility of running them out uh, at a premium on a nightly basis and everyone knows what goes on in South Florida during the uh, winter tourism season when um, there's a ton of events going on. People come to town and ultimately it can be a cash cow if done correctly. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a look at the condo hotel market in uh, South Florida. Now, I want to tell you though, before we do get um, uh, situated, and by the way, I'll take a look at condos. I'll take a look at luxury um, condos, uh, hotels, luxury condo hotels, distressed condo hotels, as well as short-term rentals, which are uh, earmarked towards the condo hotels. Now, I will tell you um, all of the uh, statistics I'm going to refer to. It's all coming from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix, Southeast Florida MLS matrix, which is effectively is a database that realtors use in order to market properties. Uh, Commissions are paid and therefore um, properties are put in the MLS and uh, brokers on both sides, whether they are on the uh, buy side or the tenant side, as well as on the sell side or the landlord side, commissions are going to be paid uh, for that. So I wanted to point that out to you. I also want to point out if you actually want to see charts of some of the things I discuss as well as a read, a written report associated with it, go to condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the um, middle of the page, and there you'll see a whole series of reports that have already been published, and this podcast is actually coming from those reports. So before we get started, let me just point out to you and remind you, if you're not yet a subscriber to the Condo Vultures podcast, please go ahead and do so wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating as well as a comment. The more ratings we get and positive comments, the uh, more likely we are to spread our message and help to accomplish our goal, which is trying to bring uh, straight talk to an overhyped real estate market. And then finally, if you have a comment for us, send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. All of the emails that we get, uh, we read on the air during our reporter's roundtable, which is a um, uh, conversation uh, and discussion uh, by four current and former journalists about some of the biggest headlines that occurred within the last week. So all that being said, go ahead and fasten that seatbelt, lean back and get ready to learn all about the South Florida condo hotel market. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Back in 1995, I got my real estate license, but I didn't practice for a number of years simply because I was writing about real estate as a journalist. 2006, I broke out and I launched a company called Condo Vultures. The idea was to try to use information uh, data and know-how to try to get the best deals on behalf of buyers. So if you are a buyer and you're looking for a deal, you're looking to try to understand the condo market in the Tri-County, South Florida area, myself or my team are here to help you to get a hold of us. Please call us at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. If you're enjoying the Condo Vultures podcast and you want more information, but this information in the written word as well as charts, why not sign up for the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report? To do so, go to condovulturesrealty.com. Slightly below the main banner and logo, you will see a sign-up box. It's called the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report. Sign up. Simply enter your email address, hit subscribe, 
And lo and behold, every week you'll be sent a newsletter giving you the latest updates on what's going on in the distressed market in South Florida. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. In this particular segment, we're going to focus on the condo hotel in general in the South Florida area. Next segment will be on the luxury condo hotel. The uh, segment after that will be on the distressed um, condo market hotel, condo hotel um, uh, product. And then finally, we're going to get into the short-term rental. So let me sort of set the scene for the condo hotel and kind of its role. Basically, the condo hotel was a property that was um, pitched to out-of-town investors who would fall in love with South Florida or it is the entire state of Florida. And the idea was, okay, when someone comes to town, they need a place to stay if they don't have friends and family. Therefore, they're gonna go to a kind of hotel. It'll be outfitted, it'll be nicer than your normal hotel room. And for that, uh, people will pay a premium. So kind of hotels always sounded great um, in theory. What ultimately ended up happening though is a lot of people would go ahead and they would invest in kind of hotels. Um, and what they found is that the, the fees and everything associated with condo hotels would become detrimental and almost uh, turn it into a money loser. And therefore, condo hotels uh, sort of became one of those situations where a lot of people sort of steered clear of it, especially after the uh, real estate crash, South Florida uh, real estate crash, as well as the Great Recession. And why was that? Well, because simply the fees and the process of being able to go ahead and market your condo hotel unit to someone was, it was so complicated. It was very complicated. Now, now ballpark and everything is going you know, every situation is different. But let me just give you some pointers about condo hotels. Generally speaking, a condo hotel will have in its um, declaration uh, of condominium uh, that somebody can't live there for 30 straight days. So this is one way to um, uh, maintain uh, that, that commercial feel to it and not um, uh, uh, or prohibit people from living there full time. Now, the other thing that you typically find with a condo hotel is that if, there is a, if it's rented out, there's a daily cleaning fee. So what will normally happen is a, a flag operator, whoever that may be, it could be, you know, any of your big ones, call it Marriott, call it Conrad, call it whoever, Trump. And what these groups would do is if you want to put your kind of hotel into the pool to go ahead and be rented each and every uh, day when um, uh, maid had to come in and clean up the place, uh, improve the place, lo and behold, uh, there'd be a cleaning fee. In addition to that, any revenue that was generated, generally speaking, there would have to be a split and the terms would range. So call it 50-50 split. So from the flag operator as well as the investor, uh, they would split whatever revenue was generated. Um, and associated with that, keep in mind a successful hotel, and I'm not an expert in hotels, successful hotel is typically running at about 70% occupancy. Um, let's just call it 70%. You know, you can check with a hotel expert as to what the what, what the particular number is. But basically, if a hotel runs at 70% occupancy, it's going to be successful. So that means every night, three of those 10 uh, hotel rooms is going vacant. And what happened if you owned one of those hotel rooms which was going vacant, but yet another hotel room was actually full? So this created all types of uh, suspicions, concerns. Um, how is it determined which room would be full and which room would be not be full? So then some scenarios were created where a pool of money would come in and then it would be divvied up. So yeah, a variety of different issues. Um, some other issues that crop up about kind of hotels is what happens when you uh, run into a situation where uh, the hotel rooms have to be uh, standardized. So if a flag operator decides that they want to go ahead and they want to have a certain look, you uh, as an owner of a condo hotel room in that particular property, you have to spend the money to upgrade that kind of hotel unit so that it matches everything else. And typically when this occurs, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars in upgrades uh, that would occur. And then finally, there is the maintenance fee. Every condo um, association in South Florida, there's going to be a maintenance fee. 
there's going to be something that's uh, um, the amount that's charged each and every month per square foot to uh, maintain the property, the general property, not your particular unit, but the general property. And the fi- and the figure is comes up ba- based on uh, square footage. So um, uh, associated with that, you as the owner of the kind of hotel room, um, if you're generating revenue that's coming in and it's a 50-50 split with the flag operator, well, you got to cover the maintenance fee, which the flag operator is not covering. So as you can see, it's really turned into a little bit of a um, uh, interesting situation. Now, all that changed with the advent of the internet and especially Airbnb. Airbnb suddenly made it possible for somebody to go ahead, buy a car in a hotel unit, and then be able to go ahead and rent it on a one-off basis on their own and not split the 50-50 um, uh, fee with whoever was paying the cash and who was operating that particular uh, hotel. So as a result, condo hotels are now very popular. So let's go ahead and let's talk about the condo hotel market in South Florida, what's currently going on in the condo. So currently, Condo hotels, there's 617 condo hotels that are on the market in the Tri-County, South Florida area of Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, 617. First nine months of 2020, and this is the last report we're doing looking at the first uh, three months, excuse me, the first three quarters of 2020, which is January through September. Next week, we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at uh, the annual numbers for 2020. So first nine months of 2020, um, and by the way, we're doing this uh, just so it's apples to apples. So anybody going ahead and, and listening to any podcast, you're going to be able to compare uh, what was going on in a particular uh, time in the market uh, for different niches and, and category types as well as the market. So um, 617 kind of hotels on the market, first nine months of 2020, 106 sold, 106 sold. So what does that mean? That means if I take the 106 units that sold in the first nine months of 2020, I divide that by nine months because that's the time period. I'm coming up with just under 12 units, kind of hotel units trading per month in South Florida. Again, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County. So if I take the 12 units, kind of hotel units that trade per month, I divide it into 617 for sale, I end up with 52 months of supply. 52 months of supply. Generally speaking, six months is equilibrium in the condo market. Now, you might make the case that, okay, it's a kind of hotel. It's a little bit different. It's a, you know, it's a hybrid. Well, luxury condos, uh, some brokers on the luxury condo side, they say equilibrium is not six months but more it's 12 months or it's 18 months. Even if we were to apply a condo hotel concept to maybe a luxury condo, we would still have a ton, ton, ton of supply. And this equilibrium of six months, how does it break down? Well, basically if there's less than six months available, um, the seller has the advantage, there's nothing to choose from. Therefore they can charge whatever price they want. And if there's more than six months, that means the buyer has the advantage because there's a ton to choose from. So that's what we're looking at at the condo hotel market. It is oversupplied in South Florida based on the current stats. Now, on the pricing uh, basis, what is the uh, average asking price for a kind of hotel unit in South Florida? $619,810, 619810. First nine months of 2020, um, what did kind of hotel units trade for? $296,381, 296381. That means condo hotels that are on the market today are on average 109% higher than what the average is for the particular uh, niche or the market. Now, some people will push back and say, well, yeah, but you're looking at South Florida, you're looking at Miami-Dade, you're looking at Broward, you're looking at Palm Beach counties, hotel rooms are gonna vary across the board. Well, that might be the case, but if you're looking at it from an investment perspective uh, and the dollars will chase the best deal, it doesn't necessarily matter where the property is located, what the purchase price is, as long as you're gonna get the best deal. So I would just tell you, there's a huge range of prices for condo hotels in South Florida. The asking price, 619810 a door versus uh, the units that traded, they traded for 296381 a door. Now, as important as a uh, price per unit may be to um, to some listeners, uh, I would encourage you to focus on price per square foot. 
price per square foot is going to give you more of a reflection of what a condo hotel uh, should trade for. The same way that you don't necessarily pay attention, or most don't necessarily pay attention to what a barrel of oil costs, but they do pay attention to what a gallon of gasoline costs. So when they pull up to an intersection, they see what it's going for per gallon. That's the way you ought to look at condos, and especially condo hotels, because at the end of the day, these are commodities. These are situations where an investor would or a buyer would turn around and try to rent it out, and they need to cover certain um, uh, expenses in order to make any kind of money. And that's what a lot of people do uh, with condo hotels. They try to make money. So what do we got going on in the price per square foot? Average asking price for a condo hotel in South Florida, 714 bucks a foot, 714 a foot. The units that traded first nine months of the year, what they trade for? Um, 416 a foot, 416 a foot. So we got about a 72% spread, 72% spread. And if I didn't say it for the price per door, uh, this percentage will, and what I'm going to say now is also going to apply to price per square foot. Typically, when a asking price and a transaction price is within about a 20% range, you're going to get some sort of activity. You might even get a deal. Now, when the deals tend to occur, statistically, is when the spread between the asking price and the average transaction price uh, per market or per building is typically about 8 to 12%, 8 to 12%. So what we got going on here on the average price per door is 109%. That means the asking prices far exceeds uh, what the prices trade for on a price per door basis. Now on the price per square foot basis, it also far exceeds at 72%. And again, 20% gets interesting, 8 to 12% when the deal gets done. Now finally, days on market. Days on market is a good indicator of what's, uh, how long does it take to actually sell a property. Those kind of hotels that are on market today, they've been there an average of 319 days, 319. The units that traded, how long did it take them to trade? 183 days. Why is that important? Because it shows if the property is appropriately priced, it's going to trade. And if it's not appropriately priced, it's going to languish on the market until ultimately the seller decides to take it off the market or reduce the price or some buyer decides to step up what they're willing to pay. Now, what does that mean? That means if you are an investor and you see that uh, property has just been languishing on the market, might be an opportunity to go ahead and try to lowball. And if you were a realtor and you see a property sitting on the market, you really got to ask yourself, do I really want this listing? Because chances are it's going to take quite some time before the seller comes to the realization that they're asking too much and ultimately um, something has to uh, change. Uh, and why be the initial listing realtor when you could be the secondary one that might actually get the deal once the prices are adjusted? So all of that being said, let's go ahead. We'll take our uh, next commercial break. Now we're going to get in. Then we're going to get into the luxury condo market, condo hotel market in South Florida. This is Peter Zaliski of the Condo Vultures podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I wanted to alert you that if you have a property that you're looking to sell in the Tri-County, South Florida area, I would encourage you to reach out to Jenny Hortus, a licensed real estate broker with CVRRealty.com. She's my partner. She's been in the business for uh, north of 15 years. More importantly, she knows the market. She knows how to get a deal done. And she also realizes that it's more important to get a price that you can accept and sell the property rather than to hold firm on some price that's never going to be achieved and ultimately languish on the market. So if you're looking to do a deal that you want a skilled expert who can help you sell a property, reach out to Jenny Hortis at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit her website, cvrrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. This is the Condo Hotel focus for luxury units in South Florida. So what I'm going to do with this condo market analysis, I'm going to take a look at what's going on in the luxury condo hotel market. Now, how do you differentiate uh, luxury from something that's not luxurious? 
anyone coming to South Florida is going to be told that whatever they're considering looking at is luxurious. Whether it's a restaurant, it is a um, kitchen build-out, it's a, it's a car, it's a home, it's a condo, it's all luxurious. So what we do to just try to keep things, um, you know, apples to apples, we say, property's listed for a million bucks or more, it's luxurious. If it's listed for $999,999, it's not luxurious. So that's how we're breaking it down. Uh, it's all just based on a price, um, uh, a dollar amount. Nothing more, nothing more. So let me tell you what's going on on the luxury condo hotel market in South Florida. Currently, 74 condo hotels priced at a million dollars or more are on the market, 74. First nine months of 2020, how many traded? One. Yep, you heard me one, right, one. One uh, luxury condo hotel priced at a million dollars or more actually transacted in our uh, first nine months of 2020. Now, what does that mean? That means if I take the one unit that traded in the first nine months, I divide it by the nine, uh, nine months, I'm coming up with 0.1 unit trading, luxury condo hotel trading per month. If I do some rough math, that means I have 666 months of condo hotels uh, units that are currently on the market. So that means if no additional product or kind of luxury kind of hotels are put on the market, and if the absorption or the purchases occur at the same pace, it's going to take 56 years to absorb all the kind of hotel, luxury kind of hotel product that is available in South Florida. Now, granted, we were going through the pandemic, uh, the heart of the pandemic. Uh, tourism fell off a cliff, as this cliche goes, and uh, nobody really wanted a kind of hotel because if you're going to pay a premium and you can't rent it out, you're basically just burning cash. So uh, things will probably change as we're in 2021. People get vaccinated and tourism starts to uh, improve. Fingers crossed. So those kind of hotels that are on the market, 74 units, again, priced a million dollars or more is luxury. What's the average asking price? $2.1 million. $2.1 million is what these um, sellers are trying to get for their luxury kind of hotels. That one unit that traded in the first nine months of 2020, what it trade for? Just under 1.3 million. 1.3 million. What's the difference? About 65% spread um, between the average asking price and that one unit that traded. Now, it's not necessarily big enough to call it a market, but it is an indication of kind of what's going on. And as mentioned previously, 20% difference between the asking price and the transaction price typically suggests something could be happening. And um, uh, 8 to 12% difference on the price per square foot is typically when a deal gets done. Now, let's talk about price per square foot. Those luxury condos that are on the, um, on the market in South Florida, luxury condo hotel units, the average asking price is $1588 a foot, $1588 a foot. The one unit that traded, traded for $1196 a foot. So just under $1200 a foot is what it achieved, but the asking, what was achieved, but the asking price was on average $1588 a square foot. That's about a 33% spread. So you can see, again, big, uh, re more reasonable difference, but also, too, this is not a market because you've had one transaction. And then finally, um, the kind of hotels, luxury kind of hotels are on the market. How many days have they been on the market? 356 days, 356 days. So you're talking a year of sitting on the market trying to sell and um, not selling as an active listing as a condo hotel luxurious in South Florida. The unit that did trade, how long was it there? 999 days, a thousand days. It took north of three years, ballpark three years uh, or so in order to transact. So that is the luxury condo hotel market in South Florida based on the statistics for Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County coming from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix. We're gonna take a commercial break. On the other side break, we're going to get into the distress kind of hotel market in software. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Before I started doing these podcasts, I basically was in the business of being a licensed real estate broker, a contributing um, columnist for the Miami Herald, as well as the Miami Real Deal. 
but also expert witness work in consulting. So if you are looking for an expert witness or if you're looking for consulting services, a straight talk perspective as to what's going on in a particular marketplace, a building, or what happened previously for whatever your situation is, whether you are a, an attorney, whether you are an institutional fund looking to invest, or whether you're a lender who's trying to come up with some sort of a strategy and approach uh, for your lending committee going forward, I just might be able to help you. To get a hold of me, please uh, reach out to Peter at condovultures.com. That's Peter at condovultures.com. Or give me a call to the office at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We're taking a look at South Florida condo hotels. And for this particular segment, I'm going to look at the distressed market. Now, what is the distress market? How is it comprised? Well, there's two types of um, niches in distress. One is called the short sale. Short sale is a situation when uh, someone buys a property, they take out a mortgage. When they decide to sell the property, they owe more than what the value is of the particular um, condo at that particular moment of time. So what a um, person who wants to get out and has a mortgage can do if they're upside down or underwater, what they can go ahead and do is they can go ahead and try to bring in a buyer, agree to a price that they feel is reasonable, and then approach the bank and ask the bank if the bank will sign off on doing a transaction that will come up short of repaying the lender what they're actually owed due to market conditions. Now, why would a lender actually consider doing this? Well, it's a, it's a, it's an alternative to foreclosure. Foreclosure will take roughly nine months to a year, maybe even longer, and it's going to entail all kinds of legal fees, uh, bills. It will entail the possibility that whoever is losing the property in foreclosure might damage the property. They might do a whole variety of things. So basically, it is a quick way to try to resolve a situation at a minimal cost, I would tell you, versus going through a foreclosure process, which can be long and drawn out and expensive. And then at the end of the day, the bank becomes an owner of the property and not all banks uh, are equipped, nor do they have an appetite to go ahead and um, uh, and uh, uh, control some of these properties. So. So real estate owned or REO or bank owned is when a foreclosure occurs, takes nine months to a year uh, to go through the process and the bank ends up with title to it. A short sale is proactive attempt by the borrower to go ahead and work with the bank to try to get that troubled loan off their books. So that's basically how it plays out. So we're gonna talk about what's going on in the uh, South Florida kind of hotel market for uh, short sales as well as REOs, otherwise known as distress. So. So if we go ahead and we take a, look, uh, take a look at the distressed kind of hotel market in general, short sales, and as well as REO, we're going to find out that uh, less than one unit trades per month the first nine months of 2020. And if you take that one unit that actually traded the first uh, nine months of the year and divide it on what's available, which is seven units, you're coming up with about a 12-month supply, 12-month supply. Now, while it might seem like this would, uh, in theory, be a buyer's market for kind of hotels that are in distress, in reality, it's not. Why is that? Because banks are the ones who have the, the ability to make the decision. And if a bank has a variety of product that they wants to unload, it's not going to flood the market with the product. It's going to go ahead and release slowly, therefore, in order to juice prices, in order to juice prices. So let's dive down a little bit more. Let's talk about short sales for condo hotels in South Florida. Currently, two condo hotels are on the market. Two are on the market. Uh, first nine months of the year, only one traded. Only one traded. Do some rough math. Um, that's effectively 0.1 units trading per month. I divide the 0.1 units that are trading per month into the two that are for sale. I come up with 18 months of supply of short sales. Now, doesn't the numbers don't really uh, play out. Why? Because it's not enough to call it a market. It's more like a, a situation. Now, um, uh, for what it's worth though, interest, um, interesting, the average asking price for those two units that are for sale, 
the sellers are trying to get $478,500 per unit for these short sales, 478,500. The one unit, the short sale that traded, the condo hotel, that traded the first nine months of the year, what it trade for? 117 bucks, uh, $117,000. That's it. It's about a 309% spread, 309% spread between the average asking price versus the one unit that traded. About 309%, and again, 20% tends to be the difference. Eight to 12% tends to be a, where a deal gets done. Now on a price per square foot basis, which I encourage you to use more so than price per door, price per unit basis, average asking price of those two short sales, condo hotels that are on the market, 527 a foot, 527 a foot. The one unit that was a condo hotel that traded uh, as a short sale in South Florida, traded for 214 a foot, 214 a foot, looking at a 146% difference. Again, way, way, way out of whack for um, what the asking price is versus what the average price is. And then uh, for a transaction, well, for that one transaction. And then finally, days on market. The two short sale condo hotels that are on the market in South Florida, they've been there an average of 84 days. Uh, the one unit that did trade, it traded in 90 days, traded in 90 days. So the takeaway is if the property is appropriately priced, it's going to trade. And if it's not appropriately priced, it's going to sit on the market. And that days on the market is probably just going to continue to increase higher and higher and higher. Now let's talk about the um, REOs, the real estate owned, the bank owned condo hotels that are on the market. Currently five bank owned uh, condo hotel units are on the market in South Florida, five units. First nine months of 2020, four traded, four traded. So that's an average of 0.4 units, condo hotel units trading every month in South Florida. If I take a 0.4 units trading every month, I divide that into um, what's available, five units. I come up with uh, over 11 months of supply, 11 months of supply. Now, again, it sounds like a buyer's market because six months is at equilibrium. With less than six months suggesting sellers got the advantage, more than six months suggesting the buyer has the advantage. The difference here, though, is as mentioned previously, the bank can control or the lender can control when they want to release it. And they're going to release it just enough in order to try to juice prices and try to get back as much as they can because chances are the banks are taking a loss or a haircut on this. So what does that mean in terms of pricing? Well, the five units that are for sale in South Florida as bank-owned condo hotels, Average asking price, 515980 bucks. 515980 units that traded first nine months of 2020. What did they trade for? $111,939. So that means there's about a 361% difference. 515980 is the ask on average. 111939 is the average transaction price. 361% difference. Again, 20% is uh, typically the range you look for before a deal gets done, and uh, 8 to 12% typically before a transaction um, you know, will really occur. So I would tell you, if you're in the market for a condo hotel uh, in South Florida that's bank-owned, looks like the banks are asking for a lot, and it might take a little while before they ultimately um, uh, decide to cave uh, and reduce the price. Now, what is going on on the price per square foot basis? Well, the average asking price for those um, REO condo hotels that are on the market Banks are trying to get 495 bucks a foot, 495 a foot units, four units that traded in the first nine months of the year. They traded for 191 a foot, 191 a foot. So you can see why it's attractive if you can pull uh, a bank-owned condo hotel unit, 191 a foot versus 495 a foot. Boy, what's being asked? There's a big spread there. Now, what's the difference percentage-wise in terms of the asking price and the average transaction price? 159 percent, 159. Again, 20% difference gets interesting. 8 to 12% deal gets done. Now, finally, days on market for um, REO condo hotels in South Florida. Uh, those units been on the market 240 days. 240 days, the units that traded, first nine months of the year, took them 296 days, 296. So that suggests those units that have been sitting on the market, they're starting to get to the point where the bank starts to say, 
hmm, maybe I'm going to cut the price and therefore a transaction might occur. So I'd encourage you to go ahead and uh, do your homework about these um, uh, distressed kind of hotel properties. If you want to see our stats, go to condovulturerealty.com. Scroll down to the um, uh, bottom half of the page and there you can find each of the individual reports. We're going to go ahead. We'll take a commercial break. And the other side of the break, we're going to get into the rental market for condo hotel units. If you're listening to this podcast, think about who else is. If you want to reach that crowd, which tends to be investors, buyers, developers, lenders, why not advertise on the Condo Vultures podcast? To do so, give us a call at the office, 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com. I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We are talking about the condo hotel market in South Florida, which is Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County. We talked about the condos, uh, hotels. We talked about luxury condo hotels. We talked about the stress condo hotels. Now we're going to talk about the rental market. So you actually go out and buy one of these properties um, and you try to rent it out. What can you expect in rent? Well, I'm going to fill in the blanks right here. So let me let me point out really quickly before we get started, just so you're clear. Now, any property you see um, uh, uh, advertised, generally speaking, by a corporate owner, that property typically is not going to be listed in the multiple listing service. The multiple listing service is a database that realtors use in order to um, make a property available to their counterparts, their colleagues who are representing the renter and or the purchaser. And in order to put a property into the multiple listing service, a commission's got to be offered. Typically on a rental, commission is going to be 10% of the gross annual rent. Now, when you get into kind of hotels, the percentage can be a little bit different because people might be renting a room for a night, for a week, for a month, uh, for a, well, they're not going to rent it for a year, but generally speaking. So that's sort of the difference. So keep in mind, um, what we're going to talk about here is properties that are kind of hotels that are for rent, that are listed in the MLS. However, they're not necessarily listed by the big flag operator. So if you see a Marriott or you see a Conrad, or you see someone else uh, like that, they might have their own internal um, situation where it doesn't call for putting the property in the multiple listing service. And why would they not do that? Because of the commission, because of the commission. So the properties we're going to talk about are going to be properties that are available on as little as a daily basis, a short-term rental, and the commission is offered. So that's the only um, um, part I want to clarify to you. So it effectively means that this information it's sketchy, it's skeptical, but unfortunately, it's the best thing we got to go for, uh, go with, uh, if you will. So when you get to rental data, it's always sketchy, it's always um, uh, problematic. Another thing to keep in mind is all the stats we've discussed up to this point, they've all been based on averages, all based on averages. This time, we're going to go on median. Why are we going to go on the median? Because places are available on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, a yearly basis, a furnished basis, an unfurnished basis. So it's all across the board. So in order to sort of um, get an idea. And, 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 and not waste time because if you go ahead and you drill down and you, you separate based on trying to create an apples to apples comparable type of study, what you're going to find is there's not enough product out there to really sort of give you a sense. So median numbers kind of telling you right in the middle what's happening. So that being said, let's go ahead and let's talk about the rental market, which is coming from, again, the multiple listing service and it ignores all of the shadow inventory, which is those properties that are available for rent on a short term basis and which a commission is not paid commission is not paid. And I will tell you in, um, in uh, putting together this chart, and you can check out this chart by going to condovulturerealty.com, scroll down bottom half of the page, you're going to be able to find this report. Um, one uh, tidbit, all residential condo rentals that I'm going to refer to 
All of them are listed as furnished and permit a minimum lease period of one day, one day. So that's kind of how we broke it down because it's so wide reaching. So for short-term rentals of a minimum of a day, furnished properties, 316 properties available for rent. 316 properties available for rent. First nine months of 2020. How many properties rented? 250, 250. Those properties that rented uh, first nine months of 2020, what, are they, um, uh, uh, what, what was the average number that rented uh, per month? It's about 28 uh, properties. About 28 properties were renting each and every month. If I take the 28 properties that rent each and every month during the first nine months of 2020, divide that on what's currently available, 316 properties, I come up with about 11.4 months of supply, about 11.4 months of supply. So in theory, it would suggest that if nothing else is put up on the marketplace, if uh, uh, users come in at the same pace currently, it'd take about 11 months to absorb anything and everything that's out there. Now, again, not perfect, not trying to be perfect, nowhere close to perfect. Anybody who tells you they got correct rental information, I would have some serious doubts. But this at least gives you an idea. So, so properties that are listed in the MLS for short-term rentals, which would be your condo hotel type of property, your short-term rental, you're looking at 11 months of supply, excluding shadow inventory, which is the big flag operator. Now, on a pricing basis, remember, median price we're using, we're not using average. Median, why? Because the rental market is so convoluted, it's impossible to figure it out and, uh, with any kind of way where you actually have a market rather than simply an anomaly. So the median asking price for one of these short-term rentals, 3,500 bucks, 3,500 bucks a month, 3,500 a month. Properties that rented first nine months a year, they rented for $2,000, $2,000 on a median basis. What's the spread? 75% difference, 75% difference. Again, typically 20% difference is where it gets interesting. Eight to 12% is when it tends to get, uh, a deal tends to get done. Now, what is it on a price per square foot basis monthly? Median asking price for one of these kind of hotels, these short-term rental units that are furnished, 357 a foot, 357 a foot. The properties that rented in the first nine months of the um, year, of 2020, what they rent for? 247 a foot, 247 a foot, but a 45% spread, 45% spread. Again, 20% gets interesting, eight to 12% deal gets done. And then finally, days on market. Those properties that are available for rent uh, short term in um, South Florida, based on the statistics from the South, uh, Southeast Florida MLS matrix, they've been there in, uh, on a median basis 260 days, 260. The units that actually rented, how long uh, did it take? 57 days, 57 days. Again, a good reflection, if something's priced appropriately, it'll rent. And if it's not uh, priced appropriately, it's gonna languish on the market. So a um, lot to think about. Uh, again, keep in mind, rental data is sketchy. Anybody who tells you they got good rental data, you need to really push back and question it. Why is that? One reason is, um, unlike a, a transaction, uh, a deed where government uh, taxes have to be paid and something's recorded, a rental is never recorded. Therefore, it's all just word of mouth. It's the same as a weatherman or well woman telling you what the weather's going to be. You have as much recourse there uh, about the overall marketplace as you do with a weather person, in my opinion. So that is the South Florida kind of hotel market. It is a market that's catching a lot of attention because um, uh, towers are being constructed and proposed in order to try to sell it to investors. Keep in mind, uh, do your homework as best you can before you go ahead and you invest in one of these properties. Uh, that would be my, my takeaway for you. Now, I wanna remind you, if you're not yet a subscriber to the Condo Vultures uh, podcast, please go ahead and do so wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating as well as a comment. More ratings and comments we get that are positive, the more likely we are to go ahead and spread our message and help us to accomplish our mission, which is bringing straight talk to an overhyped South Florida uh, real estate market. And then finally, if you have any comments for me, uh, send an email to inquire at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y, 
at condovultures.com. All comments we receive, we go ahead and we read on Wednesdays during our Reporters Roundtable. Where we bring together current and former journalists, talk about some of the biggest headlines that occurred within the last week um, that could have a bearing on the local marketplace. So I'm Peter Zalewski. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong. Hopefully everybody gets inoculated sooner rather than later. And until next time, ciao, ciao.